Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is our daily devotional for November the 2nd, 2023, and I hope that it finds all of you doing very well and enjoying this nice, cool, who am I kidding? It's a cold fall week, at least it is in Virginia. Um, I'm actually recording this on November 1st for November 2nd, and it was just amazing to show up here today. And there was snow on the roof on the, the Providence Hall here, snow on the roof of the Stone Hall. I'm, I'm nodding out that way because that's my window. I can see the stone, uh, old stone church from here. But anyway, um, I, I made a post on Facebook about it, and uh, I, I'm not being facetious or, 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 or trying to be um, coy or anything like that. It was it was made with complete genuineness. I, I really do love living in Virginia. I'm excited about this. Maybe you're not, and that's okay too. But anyway, it's uh, it, it's a wondrous thing to be living in in the midst of seasons changing. And and speaking of changing, hey, time goes back. Um, but you know what? If you don't want to set your clocks, that's fine. Show up for Sunday school. Hey, so anyway, Saturday, the time goes back, all sorts of things going on, but I'm glad to, uh, to have this time with you, especially as we continue on today in our study on the book of Acts, because we come to a situation, y'all, we come to a set of circumstances that can be quite controversial. Um, that, that have to do with the spiritual realities that we are facing, the, the, the times that we are living in. And you might say, well, that is something that happened around 2,000 years ago. What, how does that have anything to do with today? Well, because we're talking about demonic oppression, and demonic oppression is still very real today. Uh, but I don't want to get into it yet, though. Let's pray first, and then we'll dig in to where we're going. Father, please be with us in this time as we uh, talk about the nature of this world that we're living in as we talk about how people are and how people function as we talk about the spiritual reality that we face, that we are in the midst of spiritual warfare, that you have called us to put on the full armor of God so that we would take our stand. And Father, that you have blessed us tremendously. You have blessed us so by giving us your Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance so that what your servant said is true. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Father, give us grateful hearts as we go into this time, but also recognizing that everyone that joins us in this, I, I don't presume that everyone knows you. So I pray that you would use this devotional in particular to get hold of them and wake them up to the reality that they face and their great need for you. So please work in this time and guide us by your Holy Spirit. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Now, where we left off together um, is in Acts chapter 16. We just dealt with Lydia. And it's fascinating. You know, people ask all the time, I always wonder, and I do too, because we don't, we're, we're not given a glimpse. I mean, realize this is God's word. He is breathing it out through Luke, who is recording it. Okay. So this is that, some of this is the mystery of, of that transmission. Um, holy men inspired by the Holy Ghost, God breathing out his word through them. Why things get in there, some things do and some things don't. I, I don't know. But it is fascinating because think about where we left off yesterday. We left off with Lydia, right? You have this paradigm going where Paul and Luke and the others are going outside of the city. Um, 
And, and, and they're in Philippi, right? And so they're going outside of the city on the Sabbath day to go to the place of prayer, which was a common place that existed for Jews in Gentile cities. They're going out there, they're praying. Lydia, who was a seller of purple cloth, right? So she's a woman of means. She's got an entire household. She was a believer. She, she feared the Lord. But when she heard Paul's message, the Holy Spirit opened her heart. She responded. She asked them to come and stay at her house. Beautiful stuff. Lydia is an example, really, of somebody who just has it together, really and truly, and and, and they fear the Lord. They are receptive. The the Holy Spirit, um, as it as it says there, um, if you look, oh, what verse is it? Verse fourteen. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart. Oh, the Lord opened her heart and she received the gospel and committed to serving the Lord. Beautiful. That's beautiful. We Last time we were together, we talked about evangelism and, and, and what evangelism should be based on, that it should be based on conversation. And anyway, beautiful things. Where we come to today, though, sharp contrast. And really, you know, we, we just finished looking at Lydia, who is a woman who, who really has her life together. And now we're going to encounter another lady, right? Another, she's referred to as a girl who is almost like the exact opposite of Lydia. Lydia, it seems, has everything put together, but the slave girl that we're about to encounter not only doesn't have everything together, as I've just said, she's a slave. She is being exploited and on the surface level, she too looks like she, she is interested in following Jesus, but she's not. In fact, she's exploited. She, she's in a very difficult spot. Men are making money off of her. And so her response to the gospel is one that isn't genuine, but instead it's mocking. Now, I've said enough. Let's dig in. What do we find here? We're in Acts chapter 16, and we're starting in verse 16. And, and what Luke is doing is he's just talking about things that are happening, right? And so he says in verse 16, once when we were going to the place of prayer, again, he's talking about that place outside of the city. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. Now, time out, you know, pause. We got some things to talk about here. I already talked about the nature of, of who this girl is, what's going on, that she is exploited, okay, that, 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 that she is owned, she is a slave. But we've also heard some other things. The terminology used in, in Acts is the term spirit, and that's an okay translation. But really, we ought to read that as a demonic spirit, okay? And the reason that I'm focusing on this is because when we come to passages like this, admittedly, Y'all, there are all sorts of different thoughts, all sorts of, of different um, systems of theology when it comes to demons, when it comes to demonic possession, when it comes to things like fortune telling. I, I've told this story before. I remember arguing with one of my professors when I was in college. Now, I went for a theology degree in college. I knew that, that the Lord wanted me to be a pastor, and so I, I planned ahead and I focused on theology. But anyway, I remember having a, a, an argument with a professor in class over Samuel and the witch at Endor. 
You know, go back and read in Samuel about the witch at Endor. That's when Saul is being defeated and, and he goes and he seeks out a medium to try to find out what to do. By the way, the Lord had already called this an abomination. It was outlawed in the land. And so Saul goes and finds this witch at Endor who is a medium. And somehow, some way, she conjures back Samuel. You know, there are some of the opinion that she was absolutely shocked when she did. Maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. We talked about this recently, y'all. There is an entire group of people out there that, I don't know any other way to say it, but the Enlightenment has not done us favors in some areas. The Enlightenment, that time where, where man became the measure of all things and there was great scientific expansion. Look, some of that is wonderful, right? I mean, I, I'm very glad I, I got a doctor's appointment on Monday and I'm glad that when I go see Rob, he's not going to say, okay, you've got ghosts in your blood, so we're going to drain some of it and then you're going to do cocaine, right? Or laudanum or whatever they wanted to call it, right? I'm glad that those days are over. The enlightenment's a good thing when it comes to progress, technology, all that stuff. That's good. But when we got rid of the supernatural, when we got rid of the unknown, when we took upon ourselves this mantle of saying everything can be explained by science. And so the witch at Endor couldn't have possibly been Samuel. Well, the Bible sure says it was Samuel, right? I'm using this as an example. Or, or, or when they say, well, you know, it, it, it was just a demon. Well, that's not what the Bible says, okay? But, you know, the Enlightenment didn't do us any favors when we came to this conclusion that we can just figure everything out. There are all sorts of things that we just don't know. There's things that we don't understand. There's things that have no explanation. And just because we can't understand something doesn't mean we just need to discount it. I'll give you another example. What we just read, this slave girl, okay? The Bible says she had a spirit. We should read that as a demonic spirit. This isn't epilepsy, right? It's not parlor tricks. She's not like the, well, oh, I remember his name now. I used to, I was like, it's on the tip of my tongue. And the dude had a really uh, ironic name. His name was Jonathan Edward, right? Uh, except he was Edwards. Jonathan Edward is the great Puritan theologian, but nevertheless, great. He did sinners in the hands of an angry God. But Jonathan Edwards, the psychic that was super duper popular years ago. Do y'all remember those shows, right? Where he would have a whole audience and he'd be like, okay, uh, the spirit world is showing me the color red. And then some lady would start crying because she had a red shirt on. And he's like, I sense that you've lost someone. I mean, who had? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then he's like, and I'm, and I'm seeing, you know, a car. Oh, he loved Camaros. You know, it, it, that stuff is garbage, y'all. But this is real. Okay. And it's not on the basis of who this girl is. It's based on the fact that she's been possessed by a demon. Now, how could this demon tell the future? Was it accurate future telling? I don't know. We're not told. We know that they made lots of money off of her telling fortunes. We know also what it says here, by which she predicted the future. Was she right all the time? I don't know. We don't know. But what we do know is this. 
Y'all, I've said this before. The Bible never exaggerates on these things. And furthermore, God never exaggerates. If God calls something an abomination, you better believe it's real. Because the reason God calls things repugnant and abomination wicked is because they have offended him, the holy everlasting God. And something that is fake, something that doesn't exist, is not going to offend God. So, Y'all, this is real what's going on here. And it points us to something else that is real. And that is demonic possession and demonic oppression. Those are two different things, y'all. Being demonically possessed, it's what it says, right? It's when the demon takes over. There are countless examples of this in God's word. The demoniac at the Gerasenes is probably the primary example. You know, the one, we are legion for we are many. The dude is out there living amongst the tombs. Turn to Mark and you can read it. He's living amongst the tombs. They try to chain him up. He's breaking the chains. You know, he's got superhuman strength. He's cutting himself with the rocks and all these things. You know, no, that's not within a person's power. No, that's not epilepsy. It's not something that modern science can explain away, which is fascinating because modern science is always changing. But nevertheless, it's real demonic possession. So that exists, but also demonic oppression exists. And this is for a different devotional altogether some other time. It's for a different sermon, really, all the time. But demonic possession exists for those who do not know the Lord, right? How do we know this? Well, 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and you have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So believers cannot be possessed by demons. Doesn't mean that believers can't be oppressed by demons. And certainly it doesn't mean that that we aren't in in, uh, spiritual warfare. Y'all, there's a reason why we're given the armor of God. There's a reason why we're instructed to take up the armor of God because of this spiritual reality that we face where we don't battle against flesh and blood, y'all. We battle against the spiritual forces of this world. An illustration of that is what we've just read. We've received the setup. Again, Acts 16, 16. Once when we, and and Luke adds himself in here, right? So, So take note of that. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. And then it continues. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, pause right there. Let's address something. Why is he troubled by this? Well, y'all, that indicates what's really going on here. Don't read this as, oh, well, this this girl that's demon-possessed, she's going around and, and, and she's just the headliner for him. She's just saying, hey, hey, everybody, check it out. These guys are, are the ones that serve the Most High God, and they're here to tell you how you can be saved. No, read this in the form of mocking. That's what this demonic spirit is doing. 
That's what this girl is doing. She is following them around. She is speaking against them. She is mocking them. She is mocking the Most High God, and she's trying to make a farce out of what they are actually doing. Is it true? Yes. They were servants of the Most High God. Yes, they were telling people how to be saved. But what this girl was doing, and forget about the girl, what this demonic spirit was doing was casting doubt, throwing shade upon, trying to do everything that it could to dissuade people from actually listening to Paul and Luke and the others. How do we know this? Because, y'all, that's what demonic spirits do. Demonic spirits seek not to glorify God, but to be at enmity with him. Demonic spirits don't want people to become saved. They want people to remain damned. That's what demonic spirits do. That's what's going on here. We find out now, verse 18, she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Y'all, not only do we see from this that demonic possession is real, demonic oppression is also proven real. Because while the girl was the one possessed by the demon, it was Luke and Paul and the other ones that were oppressed by the demon. And we also find out that something else is real. And this may just be absolutely shocking to you. I've had this conversation with people and they've said, I thought you were an educated man. As if being educated indicates, and, and, and in, indeed I am. I, you know, pastors do that thing, at least in, in, in my denomination, where we, we go to school as long as doctors do, and, and we figured out how to go to school as long as doctors and make one quarter of what they make. It's a really slick deal. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just, I got to have a little bit of fun with this, right? But I've had people say to me, you are an educated man. Don't you have graduate degrees and all that kind of stuff? And I've said, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I do. But being educated Y'all, being educated and, and denying what is true, being educated and, and dismissing what the eyes have seen and the ears have heard, that's not being educated. That's being ignorant if you do those things. It's being willfully blind to the reality of what's going on in the world around you. So not only is demonic possession real and demonic oppression real, but having authority over those demons is real too being able to cast them out, being able to drive them out. And one of the biggest tricks that the devil has played is convincing people that he doesn't exist. I've talked with, with, with believers that struggle and struggle and struggle over the same thing over and over again. And it can be so many different things. And no, y'all, I'm not of the ilk that says every light bulb that goes out is about a demon busting it out. That's not what this is about. But Christians are oppressed. Christians struggle. Christians face things. And, and it's demonic oppression. And in Jesus Christ, Christians have the authority to cast demons away, to drive demons out. Because, y'all, our authority is not based on us. Our authority is based on how the Lord has set things up. How the Lord has set things up is that we serve him. 
And as part of that service and belonging to him, we're emissaries of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And we've been given that authority. Again, not based on our personhood, but based, I read it already, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We've been given that authority because of Jesus Christ, because all authority belongs to him. And he's given it to us. Now, again, I'm not saying that every light bulb that goes out, every tire that goes flat is about demonic oppression. But y'all, we face spiritual realities in this world. And one of the things that the devil has done is he's tricked people into thinking that he's not real. And oh, we're so good at that. We, we can even get really theological with it, saying the strong man has been bound and all this other stuff. And we can just excuse away things when we're missing out on the power that we've been granted in Jesus Christ. Not our power, but his. Power to be transformed. Power to be renewed. Power to have authority in this life, based on him, not based on us. Now, there was a, a comic book strip, and then there was a movie, and it wasn't really a great movie. It, Keanu Reeves was in it, and it's called Constantine, and it's about a guy, he's, he's dying of cancer, and um, anyway, he goes out and he fights demons, and, and when the guy comes to him and he tells him that he's been chosen to fight demons and Satan and all this stuff, it's Constantine's, and I'm probably butchering the line, but he said something to the effect of, I don't even believe in the devil. And the response was, well, that's okay. You don't have to believe in the devil, but the devil believes in you. And y'all, that's the reality that we face. We've got to stand up. The devil, while Jesus has authority, the devil is just turning the world into his playground out there, oppressing people, convincing people that their problem is they need this, they need that, they need more medicine, they need more whatever. But instead, what they need is the armor of God. They need Jesus first, right? And then, living in submission to Jesus, they need to put on the full armor of God and trust in him. And this authority to do what we have seen just here is granted in Jesus Christ. Now, um, there are ways to do things and, and all sorts of stuff. If you want to talk, please reach out. I would love to talk to you about this. But realize, y'all, what we are reading here, the acts of the apostles, the acts of the early church, none of this is myth. None of this is folklore. All of it is true, and all of it points to how the Lord has set his church up to function, how to work, and it points to who we are called to be. Now, we're going to pick up with this tomorrow because the story is not over there after they cast the Spirit out. In fact, they're going to face some serious problems with this. Paul and Silas in particular are going to end up being flogged severely, which if, if that said, it was horrible what they went through. But for right now, I would encourage you to examine your life. I would encourage you to examine uh, or to examine your worldview. What do you think about demonic oppression, demonic possession? Do you think that's for Hollywood movies, all that kind of stuff? Is it just for Halloween? No. It is a spiritual reality. Again, otherwise, why would we be given the armor of God? Why would we be told by Jesus himself that you will go and do greater things than these? And no, he wasn't talking about severity, but again, that's for another devotional. We face the spiritual reality every day. 
Spiritual warfare is real, y'all. Make yourself ready. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us, and I pray your blessings on it. Let us be aware of the spiritual realities we face, and let us not be so blind as to reduce everything to mere factors and all this other stuff. Instead, let us evaluate wisely. Let us be open. Let us, let us be willing to follow your Holy Spirit, to submit. Please, let us focus on you. Let us seek your kingdom first and all your righteousness. And if there are any that don't know you, work in their hearts now and draw them to yourself. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we'll be back Sunday morning at 10 a.m. with our regular worship service and then Monday morning at 6 a.m., Lord willing. In the meantime, if I can do anything for you, feel free to reach out. But again, thank you for being a part of this time.